Well, hello there and welcome to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast, number three communication skills podcast in the world. And I am Laura Camacho. This is episode 163, Behind the Scenes of Charisma. I'm going to give you the skinny on charisma, why you should be wary of it, how you can have it, and what it's good for. But first of all, a word from our sponsor, The Practical Guide to Effective Communication. Get recognized for the value you already contribute by yours truly, Laura Camacho. This book took me a long time to write. It is a compilation of so many wisdom bombs. It's got everything you need. It's got a communication style assessment. It's got a chapter on how to ask for things, on how to network on how to give a good presentation. You just need one chapter is going to change your life because you're going to see communication in a whole different way. And if you look around you, the people who are more successful in this life, whether they're in nonprofits or for profits or stay at home moms, life is better for you when you communicate better. So get improve your communication game by reading The Practical Guide to Effective Communication. And now we're going to dive into behind the scenes of charisma. And by the way, I did not write about charisma in my book because I have very mixed feelings about that quality. It's interesting for sure. It's definitely fascinating. One of my grandmothers, my mother's mom, she was definitely a charismatic lady. And evidence of that was she was widowed twice in her life, once as a young bride, mother of three, age 28, her husband was killed in a plane accident. And in later life, in her 50s, her second husband died of a heart attack. And then, but so she was in her early 50s, she's died at age 99. So in that latter stage of life, when most women kind of give up on having relationships, my grandmother always had a suitor. And usually the suitor wanted to marry her. So that's just, she was invited to all the best parties. She gave great parties and people loved to be around her. So I was really intrigued when Hugo Chavez appeared on the scene. I was living in Venezuela at the time, married to a Venezuelan, mother of three half Venezuelan children and stepmother to another. So I have strong connections to that country. And that is one of the reasons why I wrote my dissertation. I was just fascinated by Hugo Chavez and his charisma and how he could train wreck a country and still remain hugely popular. Even to this day, you go to Venezuela, you're going to see his image. A lot of people talk about him, not as the cause of their current misery, but if he were still there, how much better their lives would be. So the purpose of this mini episode going to run about 15 minutes or maybe a little bit less or maybe a little bit more. We're going to clarify what is charisma, why you should be careful with it, why you should be wary if someone is charismatic and what it's made out of and how if you want to be more charismatic, I'm all for that. It's just that I have kind of a mixed feelings about that quality. It's a quality according to the dictionary of being magnetic and charming that draws people to that person. So it's that just that magnetism that people say that Bill Clinton had and that while Trump is certainly a hated figure in our country today, there are a lot of people who find him magnetic, who find him charming, find him charismatic. Uh, it's, it's a common quality in leaders because people are so drawn to them. 
because of, of that charm and uh, magnetic quality. However, just because you're charismatic doesn't mean you're competent, doesn't mean that you do everything you say you do, doesn't mean you have good character, doesn't mean you're honest. It just means you're charismatic. So you should be, if someone is very charismatic, that's great, but look below the surface. Do not be, do not take that person on face value. And perhaps I sound paranoid and maybe I am, but you know, I'm coming from the nerdy side of things. I'm the introvert. I'm the thinker. I'm the reader. And I can be charming for shorter periods of time. And I enjoy being around charming people and magnetic people. But being charismatic is a quality I prefer in small doses. So that said, this is what is not charismatic. This is like the antithesis of being charismatic would be, first of all, neediness, wanting people's approval, being a people pleaser, talking too much about yourself, being in your head all the time. That is definitely a charisma killer. Uh, talking about yourself too much, being distracted, that quality that a lot of younger people have of having the uptick or the upspeak or ending the sentence like a question, not charismatic because you don't sound confident. Uh, anxiety also is a char charisma killer and our comparisons because all of these things draw attention to ourselves, whereas charisma is something that other people perceive. It, it's when you, if you are charismatic or if you have something kind of like char charisma, I don't know why I have so much time trouble saying that word, charisma versus charismatic, I guess. But anyway, I forgot what I was going to say on that point, but you can go for having more charisma but you don't have to try to change your personality to become that magnetic, charming person. Just be a little bit charismatic. Anything that is not charisma is either too needy, too self-absorbed, or too distracted. Basically, those are the three charisma killers. And why is that? Because now I'm going to tell you what charisma is made out of. And I I uh, took this, uh, Olivia Cabanas Fox, or Fox Cabanas, wrote uh, the, the Charisma Myth. Many years ago, I read it, so I uh, just flipped through it a little bit to remember the three factors that she gave for the what comprises charisma, and she calls them power, presence, and warmth. Power, presence, and warmth. So, of course, if you're the CEO of whatever company or the president of a country, you automatically have power by virtue of that position. That is, uh, you know, there's different kinds of power. Probably many of you studied that in college. And so that's, that's like an official source of power. But if, if you're the janitor, if you're the homekeeper, if you're the shoe polisher, the communication coach, you still have, you can have a source of power. And by power doesn't mean like the ability to rule over people in this context. What it really means is that you're able to help people. So a person who has power when you know people, for example, in Charleston, South Carolina, where I live, which is a great city, but don't move here because too many people have already moved here. But there's a, a person who's been in Charleston longer 
will be perceived as having more power in a social gathering because there's so many people that just moved here like yesterday and they don't know anything. So when you know places that are off the beaten track and you know the history of things and you know what used to be in that building, in the social world of Charleston, South Carolina, you have power. So knowing things in a company, I've seen this in clients who have deep institutional knowledge very powerful. You can, you know, just, you can be a senior director, a director, a manager. Uh, I don't think you could be below manager and have that much institutional knowledge, but it's possible. Institutional knowledge is a source of power. You know, the history of things, people know you. So it's a source of power that comes from having been in a location for a specific period of time. A source of power could be that you speak the native language, you know which restaurants to go to, or it could be your technical expertise. So by power, it it doesn't mean political power. It doesn't mean even uh, power according to your position, role-based power. It just means that you know something that not everybody knows and you are able to use that to help people. So so that's my being needy and being, you know, a people pleaser is the antithesis of being a charismatic person. So power is one quality. So if you want to be more charismatic, you can be more helpful. Maybe people don't know that you know where the best restaurants are or the best jazz halls or or you know the best workaround for this technical problem or you know the supply chain person who can help you with such and such so if you one way to demonstrate your your being having charisma would be to be more helpful because that's playing on the continuum of power power being able to do things for people right so that's number one is power and number two is presence Presence means you were here in the room with me or with us in this moment. You're paying attention. You're not distracted. The minute you get on your phone or even you start thinking, people can pick that up. And I remember talking to my mom on the phone. And if I were to go, you know, you can be talking to your mom and go check email or this notification. She knew it instantly and would all, well, if this isn't a good time, let me know. And of course, other people that you work with may not be so direct about it, but they can tell when you are not present with them. And I understand it's hard that our brains have turned to mush. We're all very easily distracted. So practice it for a short period of time. If you want to have be more charismatic or have more charisma, be more present. Pay attention. What color eyes do they have? What's going on in this conversation? How are you feeling? And in fact, one thing that can distract you, this is this is a real good tip, not only for being more charismatic, but for giving a more powerful presentation. Make, make sure that you've had water, you don't have low blood sugar, that you're not wearing new clothes that haven't been tried out, that you're not wearing uncomfortable shoes. Anything that can affect your physical comfort or ability to move is going to hamper your charisma and it's going to hamper your ability to come across as knowledgeable and influential. So you don't want to try, like say you have a new suit, well, make sure that it feels okay, that you can sit in it, 
comfortably stand in it. It doesn't gather in weird places or pull at certain seams because you want to be at ease. If you're at ease, your audience is going to be at ease. So be present. So it's number one, power. Number two, presence. And number three is warmth. And that is easy for some people to be warm and harder for other people to be warm. And we can kind of translate roughly warmth as a positive energy, like you're happy to see that person. That is that warmth, that you're happy to know about them and you want to know their name. So showing that enthusiasm in a way comes across as warmth. Because I know uh, some of you and a lot of clients are, you know, they're Think of themselves like yesterday. It was so fun. I was coaching this woman who she said her personal brand was what was it? It was like understated and nerdy. <laughs> yes, I am understated and nerdy. And, and I'm like, fine, cool, lean into that. But you can still be understated, nerdy, and warm, at least for certain periods of time. You can be introverted and be warm. You can be shy and be warm. What's the way to do that? Smile. What's the way to do that? Act excited to meet that person. You know, that's really that the charisma doesn't come from just being powerful. It comes from being present with another person, helping that other person and showing interest in that other person. And that's what blows people away. And that's why I'm doing this episode. It is not about you holding yourself a certain way. While good posture is always a good idea, and definitely that will help you. But it's really about how you come across to other people, how other people feel around you. So you can think about how do I want people to feel when I'm giving this presentation or leading this meeting? That's going to help you to be more charismatic. So again, the three qualities are power, presence, and warmth. And think of warmth as being having positive energy. And what can you do to do to do, to be warmer? You know, smiling again is is good, and just acting excited to see someone. So those are those are my tips on being charismatic. I think you always want to be yourself. I'm never about personality changes which we can all be a little bit more charismatic. And there's a interesting overlap in being charismatic and being like or liked or being likable. I uh, Some of you may have attended my webinar on uh, be, what it takes to be likable. And it's a lot of the same qualities. It's a lot of the same being helpful, being interested in the other person, having something to say, not being needy, coming across as confident. So I want you to take these qualities and be a little bit more charismatic today, at least at certain meetings, and see what happens and tell me about it. And I look forward to talking to you in a future episode, or always you can contact me at laura, L-A-U-R-A, at mixonian.com, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.